Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Pearl Jam podcast on the Five Star Network. And with me today is someone who hasn't been on it yet and I'm glad to welcome them on here. It's Alex. Hello, how are you? Hello, yes, everybody is probably sick of me now. They hear me so often. Um, but you know, I have to I have to infest every show on the network, so I have to be on every one at least once. Yes. Um just for people who don't know you, I think everyone who listens to the podcast knows you, but for those who don't know you, tell them where can they find you or who uh, are you? Yeah, so I do I do a show uh, called Stardom Quest. It's a weekly show about stardom. I do it with Dylan, who's is a big contributor to the network. Um, I've been covering Joshi for like years now. I want to say like 2019 or so I started writing about it and I... I continue to cover it in different forms so i'm kind of a veteran of this um but i, I don't do as much anymore because there's so many people who are just better than me so i've just kind of been like yeah i'm, I'm gonna <laughs> leave that to the rest of them it's fine yeah um yeah of course it, it's great to be to have you on here and since you are the joshi the joshi person in the scene or like the joshi person i talk the most to it's a perfect opportunity to talk about all the joshi indie stuff that was happening in the last 30 days and it was a lot maybe it felt like a long month especially with both of us being in london for all in but we have a lot to talk about a lot of different shows from many different companies and i would just say we just straight up jump into it with the first big show it was the Surreason. Chapter 2 show on August 4th in Shinyuka Face, 561 fans, which is fantastic. Uh, once again, great, great crowd. Um, was I think it was overfilled again. Um, you didn't find any empty spaces or anything there. And the sh yeah, the show itself was, was, was really good. I would just go over the undercard because, um, and then we talk about the two big matches. The first match was Chichi from Evolution Joshi, the old Japan thing against Ibuki Hashi from Ice Room. Um, nothing really worth talking about. Solo rookie match, Ibuki Hashi wins in nine minutes. Then it was Karu Ito and Kohaku defeating Yago Yokota and Kizuna Tanaka. This was also just to uh, Ito and Kohaku bullying Kizuna for like 10 minutes, solid stuff. And then the first match really worth talking about in my opinion is Mio Momono defeating Miyuki Takase in 20 minutes. I really like this match but I expected a bit more and I think I'm just not as high as the most of it on here but I'm like I went into this and wanted like close to being one of the best Joshi in the matches that was the main event but I got just a solid singles match where I felt like both held back. You know, th there's a hot take out there about Takase kind of doing that <laughs> a lot this year because um, I feel like she has a lot of really fun singles matches that that don't hit what people expect them to. And I'm not really going to blame Mio Momono because no. she's been carrying so many different companies this year. So I kind of have to put the blame on Takase for that one, but <laughs> it, it was still fun. Like, I still enjoyed it. And yeah. 20 minutes flew by, which doesn't often happen. Um so yeah, I I enjoyed it, but definitely I feel like there's a trend growing with with Takase singles matches. 
especially with the longer ones. I think she's way better at the shorter singles matches than she is at the longer singles matches. Um, yeah. I always enjoy her her 12 minute sprints way more than long ones. Um, I, I notice that especially in, in Wave most of the time because there's the, that's the only place where she has singles matches at this point. Um, where her shortest singles matches against rookies, I like them way more than the close to 15 minute matches against the bigger names. Um, Risa, Sarah, Saki, all of them. Yeah, I suppose that, that could just be carried over from Actress where I feel like they've always just had shorter match times. So she's probably used to yeah. wrestling sub 12 minute matches. So that's just her specialty at that point. Yeah, and for the match itself, I think um, I, I I wouldn't complain about another match, especially on a bigger stage, because of, of course it was just overshadowed by the main event and all of that. Um, would be cool if if a certain wrestler in this match held a belt, held the belt, or at this point they did, but um, we will come to it later. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> <laughs> But yeah, overall, it's just we, we know both of them can do better than this, which is kind of a bit scary considering that the match was still really great. Um, it was still a really good match. But the match talk we all talked about for weeks was the main event here. It was Arisa Nakajima teaming together with Takumi Roha against Sari and Kari. Um, what we didn't know coming into this match was that it was maybe the last big carry match before she goes back to WWE. Huge shock. Not really a huge shock, but the news coming was a bit out of nowhere. So her seeing in this style of match, and the match was fantastic, to say it. Um, it was likely the last great match she will have before going back to WWE. Yeah, she didn't seem interested in having other ones. Um, so yeah. this this one was fully a preview for Nakajima and Sari, and it was it was just great. Um, you know, I, I felt like Takumi could have done more. I feel like she was paired off with Kyrie a lot, and Kyrie was just doing the hits. Um, so the match was definitely carried by just being a preview for Sari and, and yeah. Nakajima, which kind of makes sense because it's Sariism. It is her show. Um, but definitely, I feel like one end of the tag was exceptional, and the other end left me wanting a bit more. Because mm -hmm. um, I just I've seen Takumi cook with these specific people before. Uh, her and Arisa have done well together. Her and Sari have done well together. So I think you could have added the other two in a little bit more. But you know, for for what it was, which was a preview of the the seedling title match, I thought it was was fantastic, and it was just, it was really really fun as a main event. Yeah, it, it was just 27 minute, minutes of all four, especially uh, Sari and Arisa just hitting each other as strong as hard as they can and just trying to to, to hit one until they are down. And especially the, the crowd was totally in it, into it. And that's one of the best parts of, about Sari is because often Joshi shows we have more rather quiet and clappy crowd so seeing them so vocal is always a good thing um especially like like for, for those four um yeah but but i can understand i mean the clear highlights was where first of all the dominant face of iroha and Eris where they just beat down three carry that was awesome and then of course the last 
five to ten minutes where Aris and Sari were constantly in the ring and just battering each other, were just throwing each other with suplexes, hitting stiff elbows. Pretty much, like we said, a preview of what we have seen in a fantastic, I would say even one of the best matches of the entire year later this month. The, the thing is with Carrie just to go into it, um, I don't know if she's just as washed because we have seen her having good performances, especially this year. I think the restart stuff was good. I think she, she was great in a Mercedes Monet match. And so we we have seen that she still can go, but and she wasn't bad here as well. It was one of the better outings, to be fair. Um, the Senegal's outing was horrible, in my opinion. But. <laughs> Oh yeah, she pulled Venny into house show mode, and I that is just that was just unforgivable. Like, how do you make yeah. Venny not go crazy? That's yeah, just, it's, I don't get it's, it. It's, yeah, so so it was one of the better performances, and yeah, in the end, it was Sari pinning Arisa Nakajima with a modified Urunagi. Um, I have no clue if the move has any kind of <laughs> any kind of name. I hope not. If it does, please correct me. I'm bad at move names. I I always ask people about move names. So. Yeah, Dylan is like the move names guy of the show. Um, because I'm just like, if the Stardom website says it, then so be it. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it's 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 yeah. I I remember with Dylan where he was like telling Lee Moriarty the move names of Miu Amazaki. Was like, okay, I would have not known that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how he knew that. Like, I didn't even remember her doing it. Like, it's, it's crazy. I do remember doing it, but didn't know it has a name. I don't even know the names of Micah moves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all in Micah moves. It's always like that. Yeah, but overall, how did you feel about the show, and especially how do you feel about the product of like the idea of surrealism and how she does the shows and books the shows. I, I like them. They they remind me a lot of the the older produce shows from when you know it was Can IU or just Kana Pro or whatever. Um, just four matches, you know, trying to get as many cool people as you can involved, but really basing it around Sari, who is who is the big star. Um, so you know, for what it is, I think it's really good. I could definitely do without you know the Kyoritos and the Jaguar Yakotas. But yeah. you know but she's, she's just... got connections to them and they're legends, so I understand it. But as long as she keeps booking cool wrestlers like Chichi and Anibuki Hoshi and Takase and stuff like that, I can't really complain. It, it it's clear that that it's a mix of pulling off favors, especially for Ito and Yokoda. At the same time, booking Kizuna is just you know of course because of the father and all of that, and also because she's an Ito trainee. Um, on on the other side, she she just she just gets it to make her shows interesting for people. Um, we have seen it a lot with big shows of of promotions where just one match is interesting or so. I would even say here, all match has something interesting in them, um, in some form for a lot of people. So it's it's good to see, and it's always good to see. It. Joshi promotion selling well, to be fair, especially in Shinjuku, where they normally draw like 200 at best. Yeah, she's uh, she's got her dedicated fan base, and uh, I mean, as long as they're involved, I think you're gonna get a couple hundred people at every show. 
But hopefully she does have ambitions to go a bit bigger. I think a Sariism show and a Karkin or something like that would probably go crazy. So let's get I mean, it. Yeah, of course. It, it's always about if it's worth it, worth it or not. But considering what she draws and she could face, maybe in a year or two she can easily try to pull it off. And it will be worth it, especially quality-wise. Yes, and speaking of a Karakin Hall, I would just say we jump to the first Karakin Hall show that we talk about today. It's the marvelous Karakin, <laughs> the marvelous Karakin Hall show. I'm sorry, on, on August seventh. Um, that show feels like a lifetime ago, to be honest. Uh, Dude, I, like marvelous is basically dead now. Like I, I forgot they even existed for a little bit there so they had a show yesterday and it didn't, it didn't oh. know <laughs> right okay i i only saw it because kiwi shout out to him posted um clips of of unagi getting a happy birthday from the marvelous roster which was cute but otherwise it did not even notice the show happened so so to jump into the show we have in the singles match it was aoi defeating aihosan in three minutes 27 seconds i don't know who helped this but um good for them i guess <laughs> because i doesn't win much recently so it's good then we have ikuti hidaka and itsuki aoki the wave tag team champions uh defeating leo isaka tomoko watanabe in 11 minutes i forgot this match happened till i saw it again on on, on cage match <laughs> then then I think a match that is really worth watching. Uh, Sakura Hirata defeats Inagi Sayaka. This was one hell of a comedy match, and I think it was one of the few, or like, I think that I would even say that was the highlight of the show in terms of entertainment factor and what I enjoyed. Um, Hirata just, just, just gets it, and Unagi always had like the, the comedy in her and is embracing it a bit more in this match than usually. I mean, uh, the, the crowd, I remember when it was announced, it got a big, a big reaction because people yes. just knew they were going to work together. And, you know, Hirota is so off the wall that I feel like Unagi is one of the few people who can match her because Unagi yeah. is also subtly off the wall. So, yeah, they, they were just always going to work well together. Yeah, they have a crazy chemistry that nobody can really explain. Um, just just from the wives the wives are working out <laughs> <laughs> then we have a six woman tag team match it was maria riku kawahada the magenta team teaming together with sandra moon against the uh, inaba sisters asusa inaba tamaka inaba together with miko wata um i like the entrances of course in this match um Mar maria and riku are slaying as a tag team <laughs> I, I would give them every tag belt and I hope they're winning the tag belt soon but we, we know the answer to be honest yeah I don't, um, I don't uh, have faith in Maria pushes anymore it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's gone uh, seeing Sandra Moon in Japan is, is a cool thing I don't think she has done much uh, I think she won didn't she win like the tryout or I don't know what she won but her coming over just to, to match it was a bit disappointing to me. I expected it. I, I wanted a bit more, to be honest. But yeah, we're, getting hope next, we're getting an extended Nightshade tour, but not yeah. Sandra. And it's like, I, I feel like I'd prefer one of these over the other. I mean, of course, it has a lot of to do with what she's doing privately and all of that. But it, I would love to see more of hers, especially since I don't watch indie US wrestling that much to see her <laughs> so 
And then, of course, on the other side, Mika Wata felt like a huge star here, which she normally doesn't in Senai Girls, but she felt like she got her own entrance. The people were excited for her. So it was cool. And the Nava sisters together is always a great thing. Um, I I like Tomoka's new haircut. Um, it's, it's a bit shorter. It looks it looks looks cooler. Uh, but of course, Atsusa is just 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 looking like a mini version of Tomoka, so it's likely because of that. Um, well, oh, well, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I I'm still adjusting <laughs> to the look. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't do change very well. It's... Yeah, like, especially such a sudden change. I think it happened on either in a JTO show that we totally missed, or it happened on Marvelous. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the match itself was also fine. But I think the most important part was after the match. Um, Riku Kawahati announced that she is leaving T-Hearts and joining Marvelous full-time. And I think that's a great thing for her. Um, let's be real. The T-Hearts thing was just Hata trying to hold Kawahata from getting signed to any other promotion than the promotion she wants to join. She wants Riku to join. So... Her getting away from it and maybe, maybe getting something bigger or like some kind of push in Marvelous down the line would be really cool to see. Yeah, I um, I, I think it's a good move for both of them because Marvelous needs added depth, and I mean yeah. Rico was working all the shows anyway, so you might as well uh, get her. Um, and T Hearts, like I get it, it's better than being freelance. Um, yeah. and that's kind of the the point is that you get hota's you know name brand and her value and you can attach yourself to that um but it's never really going to be a thing i mean they run anniversary shows and that's about it so you know rico needed more than that if she was ever going to reach her potential because she's got so much potential so you're more likely to see her reach it and marvelous as the representative there than in t hearts yeah of course she, she's she's not going to be an ace type figure holding the top belt because Anyone else than in Iroha holding it anytime soon is unrealistic anyway. But I think the Maria and Riku Kawahata tag team has so much potential that they need to capitalize on. I think you can make them two popular tag team baby faces that fight against a lot of different tag teams. Even though Maurice doesn't bring in a lot of tag teams, sadly, um, for some reason, I don't know why. Because they have cool tag team champions, in my opinion. Um, and whenever they are defending it, which never happens, I think they defended it now twice. So it's like you can't easily build your tag division around them. And maybe them against the Inawa sisters is something you can do down the line. Who knows? But moving on to the co-main event, it was Nightshade and you defeating the AA, uh, the, 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 the tag team champions, Nagashima and Iran, 18 minutes. And it felt like 18 minutes to be honest. <laughs> yeah, Nightshade is not ready for this. Um, no. You know, I've seen her in Eve and I, I like her work, but she's not this. Um, and yeah, her her and you was just never really going to work as a team. Because uh, I, don't, I don't think Nag Nagashima is up for like carrying matches at her age. So you're really asking like Iroha and you to kind of carry it. And, uh, yeah, and it is, it's it is you. Like, if you has a bad day, she doesn't want to work. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. 
So she's just not trying. But that match was was it, it was fine. It was not a Kurikin co main event, especially with the with the tag team champions being involved and also being pinned. But yeah. The thing is with Nightshade, um her last run in Japan was with the Wrestle Princess Free co main event where she and Rhea O'Reilly, I think, had the really bad match against Sakiakai and Yukurai. Um where all of us were hating on it afterwards, and she was the most promising part of the match. So her coming back is definitely better than than Rio Riley being back in Japan, um, to be honest. But like she's far away from the spot she's getting, and that's the problem. And uh, yeah, we Rio, yeah, <laughs> Rio Riley is not very good anymore. It's uh, yeah. the uprising is is. Uh, yeah, Eve deserves the uprising. It's... Yeah, it, it's 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 weird, and Nightshade being away from him a bit and getting a solo run was is a bit more promising than with them, at least. Definitely, yeah. And then, well, let's move on to the controversial part of the podcast. I think I think the part many when we started the marvelous talk wanted to hear. Mio Momono defending her title against Mayumi Ozaki. So, where should I start? <laughs> where, like, as soon as when they started booking this, <laughs> that's where to start. Because uh, I think we all knew where this was going, and we all told, we all said this is not going to end well, and it did not end well. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's like the thing. It was on call, and, and some people were like, oh, yeah, maybe she's winning. I'm like, no, she's not winning. Ozaki has not lost a singles match outside of her promotion in, like, seven years for a reason. Um, um, you know, they told us with the tag, the preview tag that everybody was talking about, it was Ozaki and Aroha was clearly the more important thing. Yes. And I don't know how anybody saw that and went, oh, Mio is the star of the program. It's like, no, like, yeah, she, no. <laughs> she was pleading, please, okay? She was pleading. At least it's something. No, but uh, it was all about, okay, yeah, she's pleading. Yeah, but it didn't matter. The Most of the part was just Ozaki and Iroha, the two, the two biggest stars, active biggest stars of both promotions, fighting it against each other. And let's be real, it, it's, it's, of course, a bigger match. Um, mm -hmm. So I can see why they're aiming for this and why they want Iroha to beat Ozaki. Um, but the problem is now they went in a totally different direction and Uroha is now challenging Akino. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing here? <laughs> I don't know. Are we doing a double title match? Um, you know, probably. I don't know where they do it. Maybe December. But I, I yeah. really thought Iroha and Ozaki was the Yokohama match. So Yeah, and then they totally went in different directions. And Nagayo got involved. I don't know. Um, I would just say we talk about a bit about the match. I saw that you watched it again last night. I watched like last week again, or like no, yeah, last week. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so the the match started off. It was structured and started off with Ozaki dominating and disrespecting Miyamoto from the very beginning, and it worked in the match structure itself. It worked. The problem just is. That a good chunk of the fan base was Ozaki fans. 
and it was not only visible you can easily hear it because there was especially like in the first five to ten minutes multiple ozaki chants through the crowd so the entire structure worked on paper it worked in the match itself until the crowd started to chant the name and from then on the match was just falling apart in my opinion it was not a bad match and i think the structure was great just saying it. it it's just everything they did around it was horrible the story is horrible the crowd was horrible in some form for it so let's well then then of course Mio Sanomormo and her comebacks and the moment she started to bleed the crowd shifted a bit towards her which was important for the match in my opinion because otherwise it was just useless what she's doing but the entire problem with this match was for me the moment Mio should have made the comeback and hit the JK bomb to win the match it was just over and she lost so the entire structure of the big babyface comic was kind of useless and in the end it was just Ozaki pretty much humiliating Mio Momono and making her look like a geek and I think you will see it similar than I am yeah I mean you know it took more than five minutes for Mio to do anything like mm. there was a five minute stretch that was just her getting beat up like I just don't know how you can see that and go, oh, that's a great way to put over Mio Momono. Um, and like the crowd was chanting for Ozaki. She was cheating and using weapons and the crowd was behind Ozaki. And you're like, but like at that point, what's the point? She's meant to be this, you know, legendary heel who uh, is such a star maker and all this stuff. But the crowd is chanting for her and not her babyface opponent. Like... It just wasn't working, and they had to go to such extremes to get the crowd behind Mio, who is already over. Like this, this match didn't make Mio Momono. Mio Momono was made already. Like this, this, this the audience. Nagashi the Nagashima match made Mio Momono a star, a butterfly yeah. star in my life. Definitely, and she was she was before that. These people have seen her come back from like career-ending injuries and and fly their flag at Gaiaism and stuff like that. She and, and was the, already beloved, you know? And all the setbacks she had, not only, mm -hmm. of course, career-ending injuries, all of that, but also devastating losses against Nakajima in the tournament. She lost so, so much and tried her best to come back and be better in all of that. And it's like, the moment she reached the peak, they gave her the flag, finally, like, the flag in terms of giving her the title and the ball to run, and they took it away from her after, like, two months, and no defense and just losses pretty much it's like what are we doing here <laughs> what is the goal i mean what are, what is the goal what is the goal with mio there is none that's the that's the thing this this isn't about her it's about the actual stars i guess it's about tomoko watanabe and chigusa nagayo <clears throat> and to a lesser yeah. extent takumi aroha and the, but that like and that was the other thing of Takumi could have helped Mio at any point and she could have fought for Marvelous, but it was Tomoko Watanabe that got in the <laughs> face of, of Ozaki. And I'm like, I love Tomoko Watanabe in nineteen ninety-seven. She was the star of a dying AJW. Like it is two thousand and twenty-three. <laughs> what are you doing? 
and and it's and it's not like that Tomoko and Ozaki have like such a big pass that it makes somewhat sense to run this match. Like Tomoko is not, at least you know, is not like known for having like the big feuds, as, especially as Tomoko against Mayumi Ozaki, or at least I don't know them. No, maybe I had like I some matches were, in the. Mid- I think they were separated by then. So yeah. Or if it was, yeah. then it was like Jobber Tomoko when she wasn't pushed, so it wouldn't have mattered really. Uh, they let, let me look at Tomoko Mayumi. Yeah, it, it's just no. They had the first match against each other in two thousand five. Oh Jesus! And then <laughs> okay, two, two like it, tank matches. The only singles match they had was in two thousand six, and that match went thirteen minutes and went to a double countout. So it's it's not like they're revisiting any big feud of the past that makes sense to run this match. It's just, well, we cannot drop the belt gap to, to Iroha, so we're just throwing in our Legends because Legends plus Legends ticket sales. At least allegedly, you know. Yeah, that's Legends the idea. I, 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 I wouldn't... I wouldn't be shocked if Maria versus Izaki would sell the same amount of tickets than than Iroha and Tomoko, but I don't I I, I don't know anything about Joshi to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to because, predict these days, but um I don't know. I think Nagayo can... is a ticket shifter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They they don't even announce tickets, so who knows? Like they could easily have like four hundred people in this venue, nobody would know. Hmm. And it, the thing is about with the ticket argument, you can you could easily have made an argument. Yeah, maybe Miyamoto is not a ticket draw or anything, but we don't know. <laughs> like they had one, two Kurikan Hall shows with her as the main event and nothing else. So it's not like she had a full run where they clearly saw, okay, she's not drawing. We need to take the belt off her, and this is the best way. It was just Nagayo deciding, yes, Osaki versus Iroha. It's worth dropping the entire Mio run. And Mio will be fine in the long run. It's not like she's buried now and never comes back because wrestling is too easy for that. Especially Japanese wrestling where devastating losses is part of the huge story, but it's just such an unnecessary setback that we just... that I just don't get. And the match itself didn't make it better, especially afterwards. Like you said... um, Mayumi Izaki won the belt. Uh, she's now the 17th champion. Who knows when she's defending the belt against Tomoko because they kind of dropped it for now until the Yokohama show. And the Yokohama Arena match... Uh, Yokohama Budokan, I'm sorry. We are not in Sodom here. Yokohama <laughs> Budokan match is Mayumi Izaki and two partners. Um, it's likely Surya New and uh, Kakuru, I guess. Or it's Yukihi, I don't know. Doesn't matter anyway. Against Mio Momono, Tomoko Watanagi, and Chikuza Nagayo. It's a huge match. Nagayo stepping in the ring is always a huge match. Does it help Marvelous? Well, th- no. <laughs> not it, it's really. Not even, it's not even in their promotion. <laughs> no. And like, the people there, they already like Nagayo. Uh, you know, her her feuding with Ozaki isn't going to make them any more likely to show up. They already show up for Nagayo. Like that's the, that's the thing. She's nostalgia. It's 
you know, 40 years since Crush Gals and everything like that. It's, so it's likely the same people who watch Oz Academy are likely the same people who go to Marvelous shows. Yeah, there's a big cry. I mean, like Ozaki's biggest run came in Gaia, which was opposite Nagayo. I wouldn't be surprised if most of the Ozaki fans are also Nagayo fans. Like they, their careers were obviously very different, but at a certain point, Ozaki was, you know, Nagayo's antagonist, kind of. So, yeah, there's there's not many people who are Ozaki fans who wouldn't be Nagayo fans, and and vice versa. So. Yeah, I don't think it, it benefits them at all. Of course, it, it's something to be seen in the long run. It's just disappointing to see that the only interesting thing for me and many others uh, who I talk to on the show or like on the Marvelous product is now pretty much gone. Um, now we just are back pretty much where we were with um, Nagajima's champion. Where we just have solid tour shows that are fun to watch. I always need to say they're really fun to watch. But like nothing is really worth checking out if you aren't a hardcore fan or someone that just jacks out Joshi shows because they have fun with it, like we do most of the time. Yeah, and even then, like the marvelous of today, I don't think is is anywhere near as good as they used to be. Um because like this used to be a rocking promotion, man. If you were around in the fresh live days, like it was crazy. The shows were so good, the wrestling was so good, and now it's like you might get one match every now and then that's great, but the rest is usually good. Um, and but it's like yeah, we could we could have just kept going with the great stuff. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's just just useless. Um... And I think that that's enough to say about this match because otherwise I'm just gonna gonna cry here. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. Yes, but moving on to another Hurricane Hall show, the Ice Room Hurricane Hall show from I think it was 27th, 26th, um, Ice in Wonderland 2023, 504 fans in the Hurricane Hall with the main event being Ibukihashi versus Yuri. Um, it's it's a solid number. Everything about five hundred is a solid number to Kirk and Hall, especially for church promotions. But of course, when you when you remember where Ice Room was like two years ago, three years ago, it's 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 not good. And the downfall I don't know if I would call it downfall, but I well, probably would. It's uh it, it's it a pretty stark pretty. Yeah, it's pretty stark. I mean they, they went from outdrawing stardom on occasion to this you know this is their ceiling without Tsukasa and it's like that's and that's one great. of the better curricane halls for one yeah they had yeah. 400 last time with with uh, Totoro which was horrible uh, so. at least it's a it's a it's an uptick I guess you know it's it's doing better um which I will always give them credit for they are at least trying um but yeah mm -hmm. it's, it's definitely a decline from where they used to be yes and to talk about the, 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 the show, it was really nothing worth talking about until the two title matches. Mifu Ashida and Totoro Satsuki defeating Asuka, Fujitaki, and Kyuri. Um, I think they debuted a ton of new rookies, so I'm sorry if I don't know them. Um, I already know they had the challenge thing where I think six rookies debuted now at the recent show, at the Kurikin Hall show. And I think Mifu and Asuka were two of them. 
Then the other fours are in the six women elimination tag match. Nana Furukawa was one. Saranda's not one, but she's awesome. Saranda's awesome. Um, mm. she, she's wives. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yuki Minami's one. Then they defeat Arisa Shinose, who was not one. She's in rookie that debuted last year. I think she came back from injury this year, which is pretty cool to see. Um, then I have Mayuki Koike and Yu Hanaya. Um, like like we said, they're just rookies, so it's it's tough to, to, to really judge anything of those. Then we have a tag team match, Kirishimizu Kawamatsushita defeating Hizuka and Kiku. Kiku. Kiku's now transferring to Hot Chusho, so we will never see her again. Um, good for her, I good. guess. Good. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she's not good. Uh, no. Kirishimizu Kao tried like the best, but 14-minute match with two rookies is always rough. And, and Hisoka like does these length of matches, so she's kind of more adjusted. But even then, she's only got you know twenty matches to her name, so she's yeah. Trying of her course, best. It, it, it's it, it's just in the long run it will help her more, but of course in the short run it's just us suffering through it, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Then we have Dark Silhouette and uh, Tsukuna Omino defeating Hikari Minami and Hinata. Uh, Fifteen minutes. Which was also way too long in my opinion, but it was solid. Um, I still think that Dark Silhouette should challenge Ibukihashi and just put her over, but that's not going to happen, to be honest. So. Probably not. Yeah, I uh, I like that uh, Umino girl because uh, yes. I, I remember her as uh, in Wave, and she mm -hmm. she had uh, some cool matches, and she was throwing nice forearms, and she's really continued her development in Ice Ribbon. Uh, so I'll, I'm I'm big on her, but uh, I don't know if they'll ever like get behind her. They don't seem like it, um, but maybe maybe one day. She, she's getting higher spots at least. It's at least something. Um, Iceframe needs to push her or someone else sooner than later, anyways, because they don't have much option. So mm, it's good that's to true. See. The other two, Minami and and Hinata, came back from longer breaks. Um, I think Minami didn't wrestle since like 2012 and Hinata didn't wrestle for like 15 years or so they're both, both of course a bit half a bit ring rust but they're getting there they're at least entertaining yeah. to watch well they're Sakura era aren't they so they'd be they'd have a yes. very different background to the rest because uh, that was Emi Sakura led Ice Ribbon so it's very interesting and they're still pretty young I think I think Hinata's like I don't know how old Hinata's been Minami's like 28 or so, which is insane considering she debuted in like 2005. <laughs> that's that sounds like Emi Sakuraism, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> but the first match really worth talking about was the International Ribbon Tag Team Title Freeway match. It was the champions Hamakuhashi and Makoto defending against Mizukagura and Sumika Yanagawa from Just Tap Out and Akari and Yapi. Um, this was one one hell of a fun match. It was not like a great tag team match or whatever. I don't like freeway matches most of the time in Japan because I think the the matches are better, especially the drama dramas better in two v two matches, especially if you have such dominant champions as um, Makoto and Hashi, who pretty much dominated the tag team division for the last year. Uh, but at the same time. Likely politics were involved, and Makoto mm -hmm. doesn't eat pins in ice cream. 
and yeah, Hamako but... Hamako only lays down for her daughter. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. So you like you needed to put in Yapi and Akari, who are a great tag team. I I was surprised. Oh, the vibes are immaculate. Yes. They work so well. Yes, they're they're just just they're just working out. I don't know how they came about with this tag team, but it just works. It, it's just perfect for both. Um, I guess that's because they're both foreign nationals. Maybe they're like, <laughs> hey, we yes. we maybe they speak a similar language. I don't know what language they speak. Where Yappy is from, but maybe, possibly, yeah. I don't know. I might have just did a racism. I don't know. <laughs> yes, that's a perfect podcast for it. As a joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, uh, on the other side, Misa Kaguro and Tsubika Yanagawa, of course, they work, have the chemistry as a tag team since they likely train together and join the dojo around the same time, which I step out. Um, Yana- Yanagawa got herself together, I think, in the last couple of months, especially. Misa, Misa has charisma, a lot of charisma. Um, she always set out, especially with the Kiss Me Tea Princess stuff. That is one of the few highlights Ice Room had last year, in my opinion. Um, so her and Yanagawa getting big spots is not something we are usually seeing in Just About, because Takamichi no Kun only knows Ron one rule, and it's pushing Inaba. And if not Tomoko, it's Atsuta. <laughs> so, so seeing, seeing other someone else and them in big spots from just about is cool to see. Um, but yeah. How did you feel about this match? I I enjoyed it um, a lot more than I thought I would. I feel like Yappy has improved a lot since I last saw her. And yeah. as I said, I think her and Akari just work as a team. Um, I was like very early on to Misa Kagura. I, I always kind of saw the potential there. I likened her to Tam Nakano from like the very first time I saw her. Um, and she's kind of got away from that, but I think she still has some of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Makoto is great. Like, I thought she got into the ring at some points, and the match, you could just tell she is so much better than everybody in the ring. But, like, that's because she's awesome. You know, she's she's such a veteran who works at a high level that it was so noticeable when she got in there. Um, but I definitely would have preferred a straight-up two-on-two tag. I think every combo would have been better as a 2v2. Um, so while I understand that they couldn't just pin Hamuko and Makoto, I still would have preferred a two-on-two tag in some form, just because there would have been a bit less bits, I think. When they do these multi-woman tags, they always tend to do bits. You know, it's like, oh, we're all doing submissions at the same time. Wow. And, oh, you cut my partner. Well, I cut yours. It's like, all right, just wrestle, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, yeah, I think I would have been a small bit better if it was just 2v2, but for what it was, I thought it was good, and uh, it's nice to see Kagura and Yanagawa get the win, just because th- that's a much more interesting direction than Hamako and, and Makoto, even though I am I do like Hamako, and uh, Makoto is awesome, obviously, but I'm kind of tired of seeing Makoto just as a tag champ in promotions, because yeah. it seems to be all she does. Yeah, she, she's kind of like, I said it multiple times, she's kind of like a tag team Choshi MVP in the NDC for a long time now. Especially with the run with uh, Venny in mm. Seedling and now with Hamako, of course, in Ice Rim. But even before that, I think she was only like singles champion since Reina ended. Uh, only tag champion since Reina ended. So it's it's cool to, it would be cool to see her in singles positions again. 
it's we know politics with, with freelancers. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Yanagawa and Misakakura winning was likely the best decision. And I think Ice Room should move away from the Makoto Hamakudu for a while now. Since we have seen them facing every tag team possible at this point. Um, so, and I would just, you know, build around the tag division now with Misa and Yanagawa as champions and Akari and Yapi. I would throw in Ancham and Yuri, uh, mm. Kaho and Hikarishimizu, of course, and then you can throw in some other tag teams. I think Minami Hinata did great in their tag team title challenge, and there are some other tag teams that you always can do. Um, the Hamukos, I don't know. I don't know if they want to do that again. But... <coughs> yeah, yeah, they, they could easily, you know, go back to a lot of stuff. Uh, if you know Manase is back anytime so they could go back with Manase and Satsuki. I don't know. There's there's a lot yeah. they can do. It's it's far away from the from the tactic which way it was with um Tsukasa Tsukushi, with Yukihi, Risa Sarah and all of that. But we are slowly building up a new generation of tag team in Iceland, which is good. Yeah, I mean that's that's what we're here for with, with modern ice ribbon. It's to to see those building blocks kind of move into position. It's kind of the most interesting part. Yeah, we, we are far away from, from it being good again and all of that, but we are slowly seeing a change, which is which is important. Mm. So then moving on to the main event. <coughs> oh god. Then moving <laughs> on. I'm sorry, I'm I'm still sick from all in. It, it's it's all in illness. I don't know. Moving on to the main event, it was for the Ice Cross Infinity Championship. Yuri tries her second defense after defending the belt for the first time in Ganbare against, um, I don't know, um, it was uh, it was Ami Menaze, okay, Rina Mikura, Ami Menaze. Her second defense is, is against the girl we have all said to be the next ace, after, especially after Asahi left. It's Ibuki Hashi. And this match is so underrated. The, this was this was legit great. I think there was like the best one of the best women's matches. This it, it was maybe the best women's match this month or like last month that didn't include sorry. <laughs> so I had a lot of fun watching this. It was just twenty minutes of both just battering each other and being really really stiff. Anyway. Yeah, and they complement each other because, you know, um, Yuri does more of the kicks and she's a bit of a power wrestler and she does the submissions, whereas Hoshi is just like, I'm going to chop the shit out of you. So, like, those two styles clash really, really well. And uh, they were they were really laying stuff in. Like, the kicks were really stiff. The chops were making a lot of noise. The forearms were really good. Like, they just had a very, you know, like, for there's a standard for Cork and Hall main events that can be hard to live up to, but they they surpassed it with ease. Um, I think that's a big credit to both of them because they're both still so, you know, so inexperienced and so young. So yeah. I think they deserve a lot of praise for this. Like this was a great match that would have got buzz if it was anywhere else, and it's kind of disappointing and, that and a different time, especially that too. Yeah, but I just think like. If this wasn't Ice Ribbon and this was anywhere else, people would have hyped this up a lot more because it was really, really well done. Yeah, 100%. Um, I wrote down that Ipikihoshi's chops are louder than Cash Willis gunshots. 
Um, <laughs> just wanted to <laughs> just wanted to mention that. But yeah, um, it, it was it was great, and I think everyone that that's likely the match that likely most of the people who watch the podcast have not checked out yet, and it's really a must, really a must watch. Um, I'm I'm always gonna be an Ibuki Hoshi trooper because I have said it for like a year plus now at least that I think she should win the belt. I think I think I said it instantly. I don't know when I said it the first time. I think I think instantly after after the, the uh, Fujimoto match with the two hundred plus jobs, I said she should instantly win the belt. <laughs> and yeah. now now one and a half years later, she finally did, and she's ready for it. And now it's time to establish her as champion. That's the important part now. Because that's the run that makes her the star that she should be. And now yeah. you need to give her the names, and that's the problem likely. That's that, and I feel like as far as the title win goes, I think this wasn't the huge moment that it could have been. Because mm. um, Yuri was like a transitional V2 champ. Um, and and I, Yuri I, is I, it's a smaller star likely. Yeah. Fans and, and so I was just kind of like, why... Why didn't Hoshi beat Ano? And if not Ano, why not Totoro? Um, why not Hamako? Yeah, our Hamako, definitely. Like, I feel like her big, her first title win should have been a bigger win. And I almost wish they had had Yuri retain here so they could do a rematch. Because a rematch would have had a lot more anticipation given how good this match was. So you could have gone into that second match like, okay, here's the rematch. They had a great one last time. Hoshi has improved so much since then. This is her chance to win the belt. And I think it would have been a Romania, bigger win. Yeah, the biggest stage of them all for Iceland current days. Yeah, so. like yeah, especially Ribbon Mania. Like that's where you want to do that. So I think they missed the trick just a little bit having her win here instead of trying to get a second match out of it. Um, but you know, they, they made the best of it. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I can understand why they did the decision, and I think the decision was. The right one if they're doing it right now, uh, right for now, because give her the big names that you have in the roster that can lay down for her, establish her, give her a long run, especially. Don't don't fuck it up like 130 days and just drop it at V2 or something. Let her hold it for at least she should defend it with Mania and retain there. That's at least the goal that should be, in my opinion. Try to establish yeah. her here. You have the roster for great matches, so that's that. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, the worst thing they could do is almost just back to Sukasa, which I'm kind of worried they will do because she she's going to be back soon. You know, she's ready. So, like, if you just have her lose to Sukasa, I think it would be a very disappointing first reign unless you build up very well to her beating Fujimoto, like definitively. Um, but that's obviously tough to do. So I can I can understand that Ibuki would not beating uh, Tsukasa in her first reign, but it's all about how they do it, right? Yeah. If they do it like two months into a reign, it's it's over. It it would be the same situation with Mio and Ozaki, pretty much in my opinion. From the standpoint, just just getting the belt and then losing it again. Mm. But if they're doing like next year in like next year in March and she holds the belt for like 270 days and I don't think it, it, it hurts her that much especially if the follow-up is good it's always about the follow-up of these situations yeah um, like if, she, if she holds it to Yokohama if they do that again I think that'd be fine 
Um, yeah. She like she has to hold it to Ribbon Mania, I'd say. She, she need. I mean, I don't know what they're doing in Ribbon Mania because they don't have the big names outside of outside of um, Tsukasa who can like make Ribbon big. And mm. I don't think they're giving Kaho the Romania challenger spot. Even though it's something current Ice Room should do, in my opinion. Like, if you go with the roster they have actively, it's like Kaho or Hamako should challenge it. Romania, yeah. Because otherwise, it's. No, but I, I love her. Nobody would, would really care if Hikaru Shimizu challenges a Romania from the importance so you need somewhat, um, somewhat. You need to do somewhat interesting with that. I think the Totoro match is a is a must that you need to do, considering Totoro is now a former champion and someone they established recently. Hmm. Um, I would I would do for a smaller show. I would try to do Yappy versus Ibuki. I think that would be cool for like yeah. a smaller show. But of course, the next Kurikan needs to be a big one and. We would see what they do there. Like I said, I would do Dark Silhouette. I would see because Dark Silhouette has some kind of credibility. So her losing would be would be good. But no, no, who knows? Yeah, and that was the Ice Room show overall. I would say I think we can both agree it was it was a two match show with one match really standing out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so that's that. Then we can move on to maybe. The best show, or like maybe the show with the with the highest highs, it was the Seedling Korean Hall show, the eighth anniversary show, seven hundred two fans, which is up from the last Korean. Um, good for them. So is a big draw, it seems like, or like at least she moves more tickets than the rest. I mean, I'm I'm willing to give her a flare, Thez. Let's do it. Yes, we just everything good happens because Suri. Yes. And we kicked the match off with, uh, I, I would say, celebrating Seedling, a little bit of the past of Seedling. It was Hiroyo Matsumoto and Yutimi together against Miyuki Takase and Ryu Mizunami. Um, so, explain the law to us, because I think I'm too bad at it. So, um, there used to be a group called Max Voltage that everybody loved. And uh, Takase and Mizunami were in it, obviously, con considering yes. the name, <laughs> Max Voltage. And so they did some callbacks. And I believe Hiroyo and you were part of Yoshiko Gumi. I can't... Yes. Like, the, the factions got so jumbled up very quickly <laughs> that I can never fully remember. But I think they were in uh, Yoshiko's group. And so uh, kind of all four were doing, like, callbacks to the to the faction era when from like early covid or just before covid um so it was, it was nice to see because uh they, there was some like nods to yoshiko who has obviously you know kind of disappeared largely due to her own health issues so it was nice to see her kind of get a few nods uh on the anniversary show for seedling because really seedling doesn't exist without yoshiko because I, i'm pretty sure nanai made it just for yoshiko so <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, it's yeah especially since we don't know what happened between Seedling and Nanae and if there's like anything negative happened, but at least we got some callbacks to the past because it's of course important for the Seedling history. All of that. Mm. In the end, it was just a solid match in my opinion. They did a lot of, you know, tribute stuff. It worked out, but for the matchup, you could have expected maybe a bit more than that. 
Yeah, I find that happens a lot with some of these seedling tags where on paper they're amazing and then in execution they're just kind of good. Um, yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was opening spot. They didn't really try and just do the bits and, and tribute spot and just ran it home then. Yeah. But moving on to one of the more entertaining parts of, of Seedling, in my opinion, the high-speed match. I think that's the only time I really cared about the Seedling high-speed matches. I always hate them. <laughs> yeah. They've fallen from grace. I feel like they used to be so much better. And now it's kind of just now a comedy it's, spot. It's insane bits over and over again and i yeah. have seen them so often every yeah. time with, with the same recipes yes so that, least... that's the worst part like they used to get so creative with it and now it's like ah kaho again and yeah and but Kakaru. at least la, la pitita stuff is at least somewhat creative so it was la pitita kao or kao uh, kobayashi against kakuro sikiguchi in a mask versus loser wears a mask match. Um, what a wild stipulation for Seedling. <laughs> or, or like, Josh in general. Uh, the match itself was, was nothing, really. Uh, seven minutes of just high-speed action. In the end, Kao or Lapidita won, which means that Kakuro now needs to join her, likely. I need to wear, wear a blue mask. Um, the mask looks cool, to be honest, but... Uh, I guess they are going now for the tactic belt sooner than later, which could be a cool match. Oh, man. <laughs> Please. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what promotions see in, in changing Kakaru, who's like, <laughs> who's awesome, just as her base is really good. But Kakuru so, of course, cool wrestler, yes. so she we is. need to ruin it. Yeah, Oz yeah. made her a, a, a Seki Gun, and, and now she's Lapidita number two, and it's like, this is. This is something. I hope Diana uploads her match against Imizaki for the free W uh free WD world title because that somewhat sounds cool. Hmm. But otherwise she's just doing cool tag matches or in the other promotion it just gets put into roles that I don't like it. <laughs> so <sighs> maybe Rossi should have picked her up. <laughs> no. Possibly. I don't, yeah, maybe. He he booked her in a cool match once, so that's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> Better than others, others did. Like, yeah. Uh. Then we had a six woman tag team match. It was Mima Shimoda coming back. Um, fun fact to Mima Shimoda I cannot take her seriously until um, since she tapped out to rookie Micah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be a fun fact that I bring up. Uh, no, but it was Mima Shimoda teaming together with Asuka and Makoto against Itsuki Aoki, Mimomono, and Mizukura. This match was good in the end, but it went way, way, way too long. Like, Shimoda has an incredible presence, even after all those years. But in the end, she's still old. She, you know, she's not what she used to be. She cannot go full, all out crazy anymore. So it's just, she's just doing the, 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 the things she can do. But I don't need 20 minutes of it. Especially since Asuka and Makoto tried their best. But it was mm. like... Yeah, not, not really much, in my opinion, the match itself. I think the, uh, the, the, the Asuka or now Veni lockups or, or interaction with Momono were the best. And I think 
they could have a really great match down the line, which likely will never happen again, but who knows. And shout yeah. out to Itsuki, she's great. Oh, I love Aoki, yeah, she's she's awesome. Uh, Mima Shibota is, is a weird one, because I think she's like, the name is cool, and people remember her from LCO, but you're not getting anything close to that anymore. You know, without a Tsukomita, it just doesn't work. So it's like watching Matt Hardy without Jeff Hardy. It's like <laughs> I, I get it, and you're you're a name and a legend, and I get it. But where's the other one? So yeah, I think that's that's the problem I have with Mima Shimoda. I'm always just like, well, where's Tsukomita? Like, where's where's the barricade stuff? You know? Yeah, and it, it's wild because likely Mita is likely the lesser known name, and also. Maybe the one day that the people rate lowers lower since Mima had especially the the singles matches that are getting high or higher rated, um, especially the the Toyota one in ninety five, I think. Maybe yeah, that that was they, the they, year they, they had they had a legendary they, they had a legendary yeah. one that that they rated to five, so like. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's weird, but seeing Shimoda as from the presence alone always cool to see. That that's mm. at least something, and it's better than her doing nothing. But her matches are not worth it, Matthew. Yeah, I think you'd need to like hide her away a bit more. Um, but she always takes center stage. I mean, I mean, at least this was the first match where we didn't have Natsu in it, or. You, Hoda, so it's at least yeah. something. Okay. Well, I like Hoda though. I, I think your Hoda, the Hoda stuff is good. So I don't know. Yeah, but Nats is not good. No, not at all. And speaking of Natsu, of course she had a big spot here. It was Natsu Sumire teaming together with Mayuki Pumaya against Ayame Sasamura and Riku Kaichu, the Twinberries. I don't know the tag team made what the tag team age actually is. We just call them Twinberries. For the Singling the Honesty Tech Team Championships, this went 20 minutes. And the entire story of this match was Natsu doing stuff with Tayo for some reason. That I still yeah. don't get why. And I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 let, let's be real. The, the highlight of Natsu's stuff is her making the fans horny at the beginning <laughs> and and then she just just wrestles and i'm like no please no just just yeah, go off screen her entrance is awesome let's like her entrance is awesome how she like like gets the crowd involved in all of that but if she walks out after the entrance i would be okay with that <laughs> she is she is joshi's and then the bell rang like that that is such a common phrasing for american wrestlers where the presentation is awesome. They have great music. They cut cool promos. And then the bell has to ring and they have to wrestle. And it's like, oh, okay then. And that's kind of Natsu. Um, like, I, I feel like Stardom had her pegged perfectly as yeah. the third most important woman in a trios match who did comedy and would occasionally switch it up to try. But on the indies, it's like they ask her to do both. And it just doesn't work because she's not that kind of wrestler. So yeah, the the thing is, she stands out the most of them. So I, of course, do you, you need to give them give her some bigger spots, especially with her. She has a good following. Let's be real; she has a good mm. following. People like her, and 
the thing is just she's getting booked into matches where you have five great wrestlers and then you have Natsusumure. Yeah. So it's always like you're exposed to it a little bit and then of course it doesn't help that she's not good and her comedy doesn't really fit into most of the stuff she like most of the promotion she she is in so it's like i don't know what we are doing here but i would just just put in under card i don't know put in a few together with cows so i can skip them together <laughs> um but yeah at least the the the, the tax interpreters retained I, I legit had the feeder and doing the title switch, to be honest. I don't know. I, I, they built up to it for way too long for a V0. Yeah. So. I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's, it's always like with Natsu. Natsu either wins or she just loses straight up. So it's, it's, yeah, yeah, that's fair. And I mean, Yukihi is like, she's never winning belts because she, she's like, I ain't taking no pins. So yeah, I, I, was, I was like, yeah, there's no way Ka- Kaiju and. Uh, Ayami are losing, so yeah, Yuki is, is is weird because she's great, like she's legend great. I think I personally think the Starnet match against Julia is so underrated with most people. Yeah, that was that was like a really great match, and she has has a couple of them whenever she is allowed to, or I wouldn't say allowed to when she wants to have them. But at the same time, I think she decided to just just. Earn her money and just do nothing for the next ten years. I guess. Yeah, she's in that weird spot where if you're a freelancer, people will be like, "Hey, do you want to have a big match and lose?" And she's like, "Well, no, I don't want to lose." So pay me. Yeah. So then it's like, oh, I guess we'll stick it in this tag where no somebody else has to take the pin. And I think that's just the, yeah. the problem with her is nobody wants to get behind her because you eventually have to have the issue of, okay, will you lose? And it doesn't seem like she's very, very up for that, unless it's Chris Brooks, in which case, she yeah, she will happily let him win. But on the yeah, Joshi he team, he's a male, so it doesn't hurt her. Yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, yes, sadly. And moving on, I think we can move on to the main event. I think that's a match everyone has been talking about the last couple of days. Mm-hmm. Arisa Nakajima defending her seedling Beyond the Sea title against Suri. And this was fantastic. I think there was maybe the best women's match of the entire year. Wow. It's, 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 it's maybe the best singles match. I think I would only put the Stardom cage match above it, in my opinion. Mm. I think the... Um, gosh, I feel like one of Saya's matches is up there. I feel like people keep forgetting some of those early Saya matches. I think it was her and Hazuki. The Hazuki one was great. Yeah, like I feel like one of those might be up there with it. Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't blame anyone for for making this their match of the year because it was just stiff and so casually stiff, and they just were smacking each other around, and the stomps looked like they were stomping. Um, yeah, like it was it was really well done as far as like stiff, just let's mess each other up pro wrestling, which is always enjoyable. Yeah, it was what we got teased at the Cerisme show, but just 10 times more violent. I think there was like a whole two to three minute stretch where they just battered each other with the loudest elbow strikes I've heard in Joshi this year. Mm. Um, insanely stiff. 
And Arisa is known to work really stiff. And most of the time, people don't don't go on her level. Either they don't want to, or they can't do. It's one of them. But Sari is just, all right, I'm going a level above it and drag you with me in it. And it was fantastic. The crowd went absolutely crazy. The crowd was electric for it. They really wanted to see the match from the very beginning. Fantastic stuff all the time. Um, it also went long. I think it was close to the time limit. I I did not even know that the time limit is, is 30, minutes, uh, 30 minutes. But yeah. Uh, it went 27 minutes, which which is long, especially for the for the late uh, current current seedling matches. I think yeah, some some Nana matches or Yoshika matches likely went a bit longer around the same time. But yeah. Um, what I need to say is uh, the way Sari changed the energy in the Joshi Indies is insane, and I think. More power and credit to her for that. Um, two to three months ago, we were sitting here, or at least we're DMing you, that the Joshi scene is kind of boring, that nobody's really doing anything outside, of course, of Stardom, because um, Stardom just puts on cards that others can't do, which is an unfair comparison. But like, Marvelous didn't do really much. They did just had like one Curricane Hall show, Seedling never upload, as uh, Seedling. Had like solid matches with Risa, but nothing outstanding great. Uh, Senegal's never uploaded. Uh, Diana is Diana. <laughs> and Oz Academy is even worse than Nobly. And, and Ice Room is currently doing a shift. So it was, it was like, uh, I wouldn't say a dark period, but it was definitely one of the weaker periods that we had in recent memory. And then. Sari just changing the entire game with her coming in. It, the star power is undeniable, and I think that is what the that is what the Joshi needed—a star that is actually interesting in holding belts. Yes, and she's like really smart because she she understands that she has to lose. And I think that opens up so many different opportunities for her and and to book her. Because people on her level, they usually aren't willing to lose unless it's to like the same two or three people. It's why, you know, you don't get Chihiro Hashimoto versus Mio Momono all the time because somebody has to lose there. Um, whereas Sari, she understands, okay, I can lose and I can still be a star, you know, because she, she put over Chihiro on her first match back. Uh, I think she would have, she's, she'll eventually happily lose. The seedling belt. Um, she also put over Arisa in a tag match. Yeah, and the, the the first preview tag wasn't it? So yes, it's so it's like she understands that somebody has to lose these matches, and she's happy for it to be her, so long as you know the feud is worth it, so long as the the match is worth it. So I think she's just come back and has been uh, such a breath of fresh air in terms of just reigniting everything um and it's just because she understands what she's doing and she understands that hey somebody has to lose in these matches and sometimes that's just gonna have to be me and i think that's that's really good so yeah all credit to her for for what she's been able to do and revamping the scene in such a short span of time yeah yeah i think sari has the potential to do something 
all-time great here with, with her entire run. And she's on a great run. Like, all her important matches all hit it. Um, better than the, the... Like, like we started off with the Hashimoto match, which was likely fantastic match already. And then it's just got better, in my opinion. I mean, of course, it's a re versus a recent match now, the peak for now. And who knows who's going to challenge next for the belt because there are some cool options that they could do if they lay down for it. Um, of course, they're champions, but uh, Ayame and Riku, uh, the underdog role against Sari, just battering them could easily work out. I don't think Asuka's realistic, to be honest. But there are a lot. Miyuki Takazi could lay down again. If she lays down in <laughs> Noah, how yeah. can she not hear? <laughs> oh, Miyuki Takazi, I love staring at them lights. It's, you know... There's, there's like so so much they can do and not only with the belt but she can do so so much without the belt because she has the the connections she has mm -hmm. the entire connection to diana so she can she can go to diana and i don't know let's be i don't know wrestle madeline or someone in like a 10 12 minute match win the match and put them over in such a way by giving them a good performance all of that I, I'm proposing just because they both have the Ito background is Kizuna versus Sari at a at the Kurokin Hall show. It's Wave Kurokin Hall show. It would mm -hmm. be so easy to run, likely likely not easy to run in, in because of money and all of that, but you know, it, it's something you could easily run if you want to. And it would help Kizuna and the Sari would look good at it. So why not? You know, there's yeah. so so much and so so much potential. And way more potential that they will do, they will use, likely because you cannot use all the unlimited potential this run has. But I hope they get the best out of it, and that's my hope for the run. Yeah, that's all we can ask because uh, she she is this generation's Kana, and uh, you don't want to misuse a Kana. It's it's amazing. She she she's the stiffest, likely one of the stiffest of them all, but looks the cutest. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really how it works. Joshi is uh it's quite the scene. It's it's fantastic. Yes, but the show, of course, of all it was was once again a solid show. But the main event stood out totally. Made this made especially the show must watch in my opinion. Yeah, and then we jump to the last show for the talk. It's the Sunday Girls Big Show from Saturday, I think it was. So Saturday, yeah, Cause, yeah, uh, September Sunday, so. In the Gada City Gymnasium, they did not announce any attendance. Um, it looked solid, but nothing outstanding. Um, we had the opener with Natsupoi defeating Yurika Oka. Solid match. Uh, Poi is fantastic, but Poi those matches suck. Um, because she's she's too good for it. Yeah. To do rookie matches. I, I was disappointed. Not, not only too good, that. but you, you, she has the star power to, you know, be... You know, you you don't know how often you get nuts on your shows. Yeah, that's it. Like, uh, her and Oka is a cool match, but you know, if this is the only time we get nuts points, and that girls, I would have preferred some red energy exchanges or throw her with Aja with Kong. <laughs> yes, honestly. Oh no, yeah. wait, Aja's in it. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, just let Aja out. beat her up. Just let Aja beat on her. That's that's all I want. So, yeah, but it was a good match. I, I like Oka. I think she's yes. talented. Then we had the last official match between Sakura Ryota versus Iger. Um, legendary feud. One of the best yeah. Joshi feuds ever. Um, 
this was just what you expect from those two, and it was great. Yeah, honestly, I could watch them wrestle for days. Like they're they're just so intelligent. Um, and obviously yeah, just, Iger, just... Iger commits to the bit, which really helps against Sakura Hirota, who also commits to the bit. So yeah, I I think they're both pretty awesome. Then we had Aja Kong, Lina Cross, and Ryo Mizanami defeating Chichi, Sari Anu, and Sari. I'm sorry, this Chichi Anu Sari team is the best team I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. The wives are insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the new, uh, you know, LeBron, Wade, and Bosch. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just, just a fantastic trio. Uh, the match itself was, you know, it, it was fun. Mm -hmm. the, the best part was Asha just destroying Chichi because Chichi's just great at taking the bumps. Yeah. Uh, she, she she lacks offense and she needs to work on that. But of course, you know, she's like 10 matches, matches into her career. You cannot expect that much from her that early. Yeah. But she just gets it. I don't know. The crowds are into her. So just let her do the babyface stuff and you'll be fine. Um, yeah. And there's few better to do that with than Azra Kong, who... Uh, yeah, she marked her territory in that one. She was like, "That yes. Chi is mine," and uh, yeah, it was awesome. Yes, the next match was Millie McKenzie, the Senegal's world champion, defeating Manami in four minutes fifteen. This was kind of weird because mm. they could cook actually, because I think Manami's talented. Um, we know how good Millie is, but it's just never got time to like fully de develop anything. So it was just there. Yeah, it was a weird one. Yeah. Then the co-main event, I think that was one of the matches people looked forward to. And we kind of slanted it in, in early in the podcast, but we will we'll now go into detail a bit. Red Energy, Mika Watam, Miyuki Takase lost once again, this time to Asuka, or from now on, it's Venny and Kairi. And this match had... From the wipes, sort of star power, this match was great. I think the camera work and the production work of Sir Curry's entrance was fantastic. And from the moment before the bell rang, this match had like the feeling of an all-star tag. But from then on, it was just Curry and Venny going into house show mode and doing like the best stuff. While Mika and Miyuki just bump for like 15 minutes. Which is weird because Nika Watts a challenge for the Senegal's world title. Give her something. Like it's it was obvious that she's not winning this, but give her at least some offense. Yeah, Sen Sendai thankfully has never been reliant on its booking because <laughs> um, they make they've made some odd decisions on this show. Um, you know, Manami, somebody who they've proven can go and elevated on a recent show to challenge Venny, uh, just loses in five minutes. And then, yeah, Iwata and Takase got dog-walked here ahead of mm. Takase or Iwata challenging for the belt. Um, like, I don't get it, but it's what they do. Um, but yeah, I was disappointed in Kyrie because she just wasn't here. Like, she clearly was not present. Her mind is elsewhere. Um, and Venny... Yeah. Venny, I mean, I liked the top. It, it was a sleigh, but y y she was also very much half effort, uh, which I've never seen from Venny. I think that's like a first time I've ever seen her not try. Um, it, it, it's, it's, it's either that, she, like, either that she didn't try, 
or that Kyrie was so demotivated or like I wouldn't say demotivated. I think Kyrie just didn't try so Oscar just just you know didn't shine as much considering she didn't have much offense in this as well. So maybe yeah. it just was okay. Kyrie's just stealing the show with her presence, so I'll do whatever and just survive here. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to like drag Venny too much. I think no. she's amazing. Um, but yeah, definitely just uh, a poor effort from her and Kyrie in this one. Yeah, it it, it didn't really help anyone here because Kyrie's mind is clearly okay. I don't want to get injured before going to WWE because yeah, that would suck. Um, but otherwise, it just just helps no one, really no one. I mean, mm. Miyuki losing is nothing surprising. She loses all the time, so who cares <laughs> about Miyuki? But Mika just losing like that a few days before challenging at maybe on paper. I, I don't know what Sunday Girls' biggest show of the year is, but Sun Plaza and oh, it's, Sunday it's is this one, yeah. It's it's big show on Sunday. It's either that one or the one in January where they had the one in, in Sunday as well, I think. Oh yeah, that was uh that was quite random. They don't usually do too. Where yeah. also Mika Water Challenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's that. And yes, the main event was fantastic, really fantastic. It was um Team two hundred K a little a little okay. It was Hiro <laughs> Hashimoto and you def defeating Raven Ultima Powers Dash Shisaka and Hiro Matsumoto for the Senegal's World Tag Team World Tag Team Championships in 20 minutes. And well, the story here was that Dash got injured in the last tag team title run of um, of the regular Ultima Powers, and they vacated belts, which led to Hashimoto Yu defeating Aniki and Manami, I think, to win the tag yeah. belts. So they were trying to reclaim the belts of the, the tag team they, 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 that they defeated last year for the belts. And this match started off really well with uh, Hashimoto and you dominating uh, Dash and Hiroyo. There was especially a nasty powerbomb on the apron uh, from, I think it was Hashimoto against Dash that looked really bad. And there was some insane suplexes, of course. We know the dominant the dominant phase of Hashimoto Dio always built around powerhouse moves and all of that. The Dash and Hiroyo started a comeback with the dodging the double splash and then just Dash went totally crazy from then on. And from then on it started to get really, really good. I think the, the tag match was one of the best ones I've seen in Senna this year. The thing is I have not checked out the recent uploads yet because of all the catch-up stuff with, with uh, for the podcast especially. So mm -hmm. I don't know how the matches were there, but this one was just fantastic. And well, the booking is what I criticize here again. In the end, it was Hashimoto and you retaining the championships in a match where it felt like they should have lost, which means they will always win. In matches that you shouldn't lose, they will always win. Yeah, yeah. That's uh this is Big Hash's world and we're all just living in it. Um like, you know, Hiroyo and Dash were the champions. Like, just put them back on them, you know? What's what's so difficult there? Just put the belts back on the champions. Yes, they will. Let... They will. In six months. 
Yeah. We we know Senegal's booking at this point. I mean, who other tag team can challenge Hashimoto to and realistically beat them? Aniki and Manami? No. Sorry, Ano would be their best chance, but yeah, her but regular partner is retiring, and uh, yeah, she's she's probably stardom bound. So, yeah, it's uh, I don't know. That's a good question. So it's like Red Energy is always losing, so we will likely run circles again, and Dash and Hero is challenging six months of winning it. Yeah, that's that's Sendai though. It's it's a real. Uh, it's Hashimoto circle. losing it with the belts. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I was surprised when um, Millie was the one to beat Venny because I was like, oh, they're just gonna go back to Hashimoto, obviously. But that was, they... yeah, that was maybe the best booking decision they did in quite some time because it yeah. was fresh. It was yes. something <laughs> nobody expected. It was something people are somewhat interesting in. Of course, I would say that that the Millie just coming in and winning the belt is kind of random, but mm. it's. It's it's more interesting than what we have normally seen from Senegal's, especially with the world title. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> that belt is something else. Um, it, yeah. It's the first title change, I think, since Mako won the belt from Hamada when the bait was like like introduced. Yeah. Where Hashimoto was not involved into the title change. So it's at least something different. And crazy. I would give them credit for that. But the tag title matches, of course, you know, tag belt is, of course, now, well, since 2021, likely, 2020, since October 4th, 2022, Hashimoto, you are pretty much holding the belt hostage. Yeah. And that, like, the, the thing is, it's not going to kill Sendai girls. Like, the, the crowd doesn't care. They, they will watch Hashimoto win and close every show. Um, but it's just at a certain point, it's like, can we do something fresh for a couple months, maybe? You know, like that's all I would ask is just a couple months where Hashimoto just doesn't have a belt and we get to, to have a good time. But, uh, you know, she, she's great, so it doesn't matter. Like, I, I'm, I'm here for it, just like Takumi could hold the, her, the marvelous belts forever and I'd be down for it, just like Sari can hold belts forever. If you're great, go ahead. Um, but I, I also can acknowledge that it could be better uh, if they yeah. went in a fresh direction. Yeah. And with that, we are done with the review part. I will just quickly preview the upcoming shows, um, if there's anything. Of course, we have the Senegal's big show uh, in some plaza. Like we said, the big show of the year. Two weeks before the show. I think it's on the 17th. Mm. Uh, I could be wrong, to be honest. I will, yeah, 17th. No, it's the 18th. I'm sorry, Monday. Two weeks before the show, we just have one match, and it's Millie McKenzie defending against Mika Iwata. Do you think Iwata's winning this? No. <laughs> Not a chance. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> She's likely to be wanting it, even though I think... It doesn't hurt. Losing doesn't hurt because because she's at that point where she lost so much that another loss would not hurt her more, and mm. they could always like go back and trap her up, and the fabrics would go crazy about it. So we'll be fine. And I would love to see Millie holding the belt for a bit longer since she's likely retaining. Yeah. But otherwise, they have notes. 
nothing yet, I think. They're announcing the stuff tomorrow, I think. So oh, we're, okay. we're recording on the worst day. Yeah. Um, to 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 preview it very quick, what what will get announced? It's a three tag match, a crazy three tag match. Um, and tag involving Aja Kong. Um, Hashimoto and 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 you are teaming together against someone. Uh, Hiroda will do something. Yeah, Hiroda will do something crazy. I think I get retired by then. Um, Ryo Mizunami will be in some match. Manami will lose in something. Yeah. Yurika Oka will lose to some rookie in the opener. Um, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's Sunday Girls. Um, also, since we talked about Iger, Iger's retiring this week on Sunday in, in Wave in the Kurrican Hall show. Uh, the card is wild. I can read it out. We have Tihiro Hashimoto and Yutimi together against Yuki Miyazaki and Chigayo Nakajima. Oh my god. <laughs> Habaku Hashi against Manami. Oh. Uh, Itsuki Aoki and Hanako Nakamori versus Miyoki Takase Kazuki, which is solid. Mm. Then we have the two uh, retirement matches. We have first uh, Mizuki Ando's retirement match. Um, we have Mizuki Ando teaming against Michiko Omukai. Hell yeah. Against uh, All Cap Saki and uh, Princess of Princess Champion Mizuki from TGPW. Uh, makes sense, LPW stuff and all of that. And then mm -hmm. we have the main event. We have that one is crazy. We have Iger teaming together with Mayumi Ozaki with Saru uh, Okino in the corner against uh, Sakura Hirota, of course, and the Regina the Wave champion Hikaru Shida. Oh my god, that is what incredible! A card. <laughs> Dude, I need to see that. That's incredible. <laughs> That's that's an incredible card. I think that's the most Iger esque card I've ever seen. It's it's so yeah. wonderful. And then also, um oh Jesus. Uh we have the young uh the, the, the young OO tournament starting. Or like the show starting. I don't know if it's a show tournament, I think that's interesting. Uh because some of the talents are interesting. It's of course from Wave, it's Kizuna Tanaka and Hanaka. Then, of course, Gami invited. Now, it's Sunny from Evolution Joshi, Nanami mm -hmm. from Diana, Arisa Shinose from Ice Room. Uh, Ice Room and the Wave working together is not something that happens often. Yeah. And I think the interesting name is Aihazan from Marvelous. Oh. Marvelous and, 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 you know, Marvelous and Wave, we never know what the connection between those two is. <laughs> Is especially since Kahaku jumped from them. Yeah, but... maybe they maybe they patched up. That would be good for everyone. If they did. Yeah, it would help us a lot, especially considering Biho can now eat pins again. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, otherwise we have nothing announced. I think because okay, we yeah okay, but we have some important news that we can talk about real quick at the end. Oh. Um, because I think it fits since a lot of indie wrestlers are involved. We got the announcement of the Sukaban promotion in New York City. A uh, anime wrestling promotion type of thing. I don't know how to really describe it. Nobody knows how it's going to work out. And I, the, the description kind of is 
the storytelling will be or like the stories will be told with anime and then the wrestling will be you know um will be in real life i think maybe some anime action will be in there i don't know i don't think it's official yet or like they didn't say it yet we will see it soon they have the first show on tuesday the 21st in three weeks and they already sold out like 200 tickets which is a success for them definitely and the roster is wild um i will not i, I will try to, to name them all so we start off with the stable the vandals we have otakun chan which is karyoniyama we have the midnight player what a name for Aoi. Then we have Atomic Banshee, which is Ramkaicho. And then we have Bingo, which is a woman yet to be revealed. Uh, from checking the Instagram followers, it seems to be Hiroyo Matsumoto. But we will find out it in two weeks. Then we have the Cherry Bomb Girls. What a wild name. There is Supersonic, which we don't know yet who it is, but it seems of Instagram followers, it seems to be Natsuki Taiyo coming out of retirement. Then we have Crush You, which is, of course, you. And Rico Blondie. <laughs> Jesus, what a name. Rico Blondie, which is Rico Kaijo. Then you have Dangerous Lion Sons. I don't know. Which is an insanely stacked stable. We have the Queen of Hearts, Miyuki, which is Miyuki Takase. Countess Sauri, which is Sauri Anu. Commander Nakajima, which is, which is Arisa Nakajima. And Lady, Lady Antoinette, which is Risa Sarah. <laughs> Jesus Christ's names. <sighs> then we have the Harajuku Stars, which is um, Maya Mamushi, which is Mayuki. We have Babyface, what a name, which is Ancham. Ichiko Sayaka, which is Unagi Sayaka. And then we have Saki, but she's randomly not on the roster page for some reason. Do we know why? I guess not. And then also we have Stray Cat, which is an unaffiliated wrestler. Um, it seems to be Tomokai Naba, which is a cool lineup overall. Uh, we will see soonish how the project will work out because, of course, it's something risky they do there. Um, what is your first impression of the overall vibes of the show or like of the promotion and all of that? The roster is fantastic. Um, I, I call it Chikara on, on my Twitter. And I think that's mm -hmm. kind of where it's coming from. You know, Chikara was inspired very much by comic books, whereas this is stealing from classical anime. You know, like there are... Yes. This isn't the kind of anime that most people will have watched um, because it would have never got popular in English-speaking spheres. But, you know, I've seen people point out that there are a very specific genre of anime that this is very directly pulled from. So I'm not sure how it's going to work because, like, is there an audience abroad for an 80s-style grungy anime? Uh, is there an audience in Japan? for that so i feel like they need tv to make it work but i don't know like is there the audience i, I don't know if they're it. getting a crunchy roll steal or anything and i think no i i can say from what i got told or heard from people they are aiming for a big streaming 
service, mm-hmm. like big streaming deal, because they clearly need it. Because otherwise, it, that product makes no sense. Because I don't want to know how much the anime thing to to you know produce a lot of their costs, because it cannot definitely cannot cover all the costs with just ticket sales. No shot. No. So they need something. Um, I don't know. Did I, I said it before. I think the promotion has two directions. Either it's going to be the biggest Joshi promotion of all time, or it's failing in under 12 months. Yeah. And I mean, like, Lucha Underground sets the precedent here that this won't work. And I feel like this is going to go the same direction where you need significant TV backing for this to work. And that's not easy to come by. So, yeah. And even then, I don't know how the wrestling is going to work. Like, how are they going to wrestle in all that stuff? Like, how are they going to wrestle to their characters? Are they going to wrestle like it's an anime fight? Are they just going to keep yelling and stuff? Like, there's so many unanswered questions where this will either be amazing or it's going to be horrendous. The scary part is, are they wrestling in those with those nails? Oh my god, dude. Somebody's going to get clawed, their eyes clawed out. Like, oh my god. Because, okay, the anime, the anime figures at least don't have the nails because they cannot work in those nails. And that's not possible. Yeah. At least I hope so. Uh, I don't know. It's 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 really weird because some of these outfits are not worth like like are not really to to work with them. Um, the, especially the Risa Sara one is is really you know weird to wrestle in. I think. Yeah. So we obviously don't know. I think I think we will we will see that the product or like the the thing they are going for is not. For us wrestling fans, and more for the but more for the anime community, because the moment I could see them adding an action like anime action into the matches, and from then on, it's 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 not worth watching. Like like if you are just a purely wrestling fan, yeah. But I don't like I don't know if they would sell tickets to a show if they were doing that. I feel like they would just do a studio audience, and that would just make life easier. So, I mean, if you're going to sell tickets to a wrestling show, there has to be a wrestling show, which kind of makes me wonder what, like, how it's going to work and who the audience is for this. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, the first few shows will be sold because people want to see those wrestling. That's true, yeah. That's at least something, because we have seen it with the other church promotions. Uh, we have seen it with Spark, especially, that they solely worked were sold well because people were interested in the church wrestlers. I don't know how the how the other the, from the church part the, the promotion is selling, but it also looks really good. Um, mm. They're also just selling based off we want to see those church wrestlers. So the market for church wrestlers in the United States is there. I don't know if that is the way to do it, but at least if it fails, we know, okay, the, those wrestlers don't need to go into a legal argument because of their names are trademarked and all of that. That's at least the positive thing about it. Oh yeah. That's uh yeah. <laughs> so much so much unknown. Yeah, it's it, it's gonna be interesting. We will find out more about promotion soon. Likely until this podcast is out, I think I think 
I will force Scott to upload it tomorrow. Um, by then, we will likely maybe know more, maybe not. Um, we will see. But at least we have something more, something new to look forward to. And it's more uncharted wrestling. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's nice to see some of these people doing something. So that's that's what I'm here for. Yeah. And with that, we are done with the podcast. One hour thirty. That's forty. That's perfect, actually. Yes. So, Alex, just to remind the people, where can they find you on all of that? Just plug your stuff again. All of it. Um, yeah, so I mean, listen to Stardom Quest if you haven't already. If you if you want to hear more of Stardom, um, I do Stardom reviews for Voices of Wrestling, uh, who sometimes aren't very well liked, um, but you know they they give me a platform, so why not? And uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Just Stardom Quest is the main thing. Please listen. Yes, please listen. To awesome podcast, of course. Um... It's it's Mariah May listens to it, so you need to listen to. It. Oh yeah, she <laughs> said we're great, so you know, kind of kind of can't disagree with the foreign ace. Oh yes, perfect. Um, so, and yeah, to to find me, of course, Twitter it's Peps underscore wrestling. Um, I got suspended again because Twitter hates me. I don't know if I've said it on podcast before, but yeah, um, please follow me there. Otherwise. Otherwise, yeah, of course, you can check out the rest of the Five Star Network. We have a ton of different podcasts, aside of, of course, the Pure Champs podcast and Startup Quest. And if you want to check out my content, I write the re- weekly Joshi guide on Recipeurist. Um, I took a break for a week because of All Out, uh, All In, but I will be back tomorrow when Startup finally uploads the show again. <sighs> I hate this promotion sometimes. Yes, but thank you all for listening. We will be, or I will be back next month where I will review whatever happens this month, plus the Royal World Tournament, which was not worth it talking about just this week. So we will do it next month again to the lead up to Kuchima versus Yumawagi. Until then, uh, please enjoy Watch Wrestling. Please enjoy the 5-Star Network. Please enjoy this podcast. And thank you and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>